Arashima say people, what is up? It is I, John. That is Brits. And welcome back to the beautiful world of the Sylph Center podcast. This is going to be a very special episode. And first of all, I'm going to pull it over to Brits to explain what I just said. Or you could. You could just tell them it means welcome in Japanese. Yep. There you go. So, <laughs> why we bring this some interesting welcome to you guys though is for our first segment here but first before we get into the topic of this segment keep in mind this is a very different episode from the last three now this isn't how we're going to normally do episodes but sometimes we're going to have something we want to talk about that isn't quite long enough for its own episode Today we are going to be talking about three, count them, three animated cartoons and animes that we kind of, I'm going to be showing her the other two later, just to part the kimono, she has seen one of the three for this episode, so, the other two. Um, and we'll get into those here in a minute, but <laughs> today we are going to be talking about Bananya. The Mystery Skulls, and There She Is. All of these, two of them are music video cartoons that only last a few episodes and are a few minutes apiece. Um, and the other one is a short-lived, two-minute-apiece anime over on Crunchyroll, which is Bananya. So, I hope that explanation was pretty quick and thorough, but basically... <laughs> This is what we are calling Clip Show Volume 1. Um, if you see the word Clip Show in an episode's title, it means we are covering a bunch of smaller things all in one episode for your listening pleasure. Um, with that being said, though, what is Bananya? Because this is, this is a very different thing than anything we have talked about before and in a very different style. Um, so, to give you guys a quick little background, um, first of all, if you, this is not really a spoilable series, because it's all visual to me. Like, right. this is one of the cutest things you will ever see. So, Bananya. What, what are, like, what do you, they're like <sighs> little cats inside of a banana, that's where they live, and they're really cute. Yep, in season one, there are two seasons. Season one is their daily adventures in a, a human's house. Um, and season two kind of shows you where they come from. So, mm -hmm. technically season two is a pre-sequel to season one. Um, just so just, you guys are up to speed, if you ever want to watch it, some people might even want to watch season two first. Right. And then go to season two one because I think it actually makes more sense doing that. Yeah, because season two did come after season one, and season two is more of like a something that would be like a before they got to the house. Yeah. So real quick, we're gonna kind of explain the visuals then we're gonna go on to some of the characters all of them are kind of two-dimensional meaning 
all of them kind of just have one thing about them, but all Keep of them them. are adorable. <laughs> Keep in mind, simple characters are not bad, especially in a show that only I lasts about two minutes an episode. Literally, I don't think it would take you guys more than an hour and 15 <laughs> minutes total runtime <laughs> if you're both. trying to watch all the episodes. <laughs> And most of that will be in loading screens or getting a drink or something. If you guys want to take about an hour or a little more, it's well worth the watch. Trust me, (laughs) it's adorable. So, the kind of visuals you see on screen would not be remiss in a place like Hello Kitty or Nick Jr. That is the kind of visuals we're talking about here. Um. And usually you wouldn't think this would be worth the watch, but it's actually really cool. So you get a bit of the cats playing around and getting into shenanigans and stuff like that. But then there is, at the end of each episode, they will introduce you more detailedly to each of the Bananya characters. And that goes throughout the series. Um, I can't remember. Did that happen in season two as well? I don't think they did that as much in season two. The uh, identification guide Um, where they opened the book and... I don't think so. I don't think they did, yeah. So, at least season one introduces you to a different Bananya each end of the episode. And then it has a really upbeat outro. So, going on further though, let's talk about the characters because this is where this is where the meat of the conversation will be. First of all, we just have the titular Bananya. He's a little white cat inside of a regular yellow banana peel. He's kind of your first one you meet, along with some. Uh, you you see all of them each episode basically but he is a very curious and excitable character very adorable and that's pretty cute we've got Bananyako which is she she's the smurfette she is an adorable like little white and pink cat with a little bow on her head and she she's very all about her looks, you know. Your your typical nine oh two one oh oh my god. <laughs> I'm I'm mean. I, I do not know why I keep saying that term, but it's it's what I think of when I see preppy girls. That's what I call them. <laughs> um we've got both the tabby bananas. There's an orange tabby and a grey tabby. Um, they don't really go much into them. The orange one has a crush on Bananyako. <laughs> and the mackerel oh, tabby, uh, the, which the is tabby the gray Bananya. one. Yeah. Then mackerel tabby, which is the gray one, kind of is just the orange one's kind of co-conspirator. <laughs> He's kind of always trying to back up his brother. Baby Bananya. That's the one that's always trying to knock things over, I think. 
Yeah, it's trying to knock things over. It drinks banana milk, and it's just <laughs> generally cute. And it's one of only two or three bananas with a differently covered peel. The one I think we should not call it by its name. Yeah, that'd be a little controversial. Yeah. We'll just call him Tuxedo Banana. Yeah. Um. One more thing about ba- Baby Banana. He is a pure white with little blushy cheeks and a pink banana peel. Which is only on another one other only character. Only on one other one, and that's the long-haired banana. Yep. <laughs> so, the tuxedo banana is what we're calling him. His actual name is the black banana. He is a black cat in a banana, and he has With a little a bow tie. Bow tie. <laughs> but we we don't really want to call him that. It's just it's what the series calls him, though. I don't want to because I don't. I, I, I think don't, it'd be a little too controversial. I think it's. I think it's a little bit insensitive the way they named him. Um, but he is a fine dining and very gentlemanly Bananya. I love his I love character him. design. My favorite <laughs> is actually one that you don't really see a lot in the series, but that's mostly because it's based on my favorite kind of cat. I have three favorites. I, I have three as well. Mine is Actually, Bananyako, Long Haired Bananya, and Tuxedo Bananya. I like Tuxedo, <laughs> Bananya, Baby Bananya, and Daddy Bananya. And it's not showing Daddy Bananya right there, so. Yeah, this shows some of the eight trending, but uh, all of them are here. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> we have Tabby, which I've explained alongside his brother. Long Haired Bananya. Is a very narcissistic... It's the one that's always fixing his or her hair. I can't remember if it's yeah. boy or girl. He's very... It's a boy. It's a very self-absorbed Bananya. Mm-hmm. He's a very fluffy cat. And he is the other one, like baby Bananya, <laughs> who has a pink peel. He's always fixing his hair. <laughs> there is and then there's Calico, Calico Bananya, which we haven't talked about yet. So, Calico Bananya, he is the one... Who lives next door. Um, very cute little dude. Oh, sometimes they'll come over to play with regular Bananya. <laughs> and weirdly enough, that's all we have on Calico right? Bananya. Because that's all they ever said Wait, about him. Wait, did we talk him. about uh, Bananya Co? Yeah, she, okay. I talked so about her. So we talked about all of them now. Yeah, yeah. Calico uh, Bananya. That's about all that we can actually say about her, that one. Yeah. Because there's not much to say about it. No, unfortunately, we're we're gonna breeze through a bunch of these except for Daddy Bananya, which we'll do here. So Daddy Bananya is the oldest one. Mm-hmm. Um, he has spots on his banana peel, and it's a little darker to represent age. And he's kind of a caretaker of all the bananas in the kitchen. I'll tell you. I'll tell you though. He is one of like the the best characters on the show. Oh yeah, he I think he is the most well written. Right. Other than Bananya himself. Oh, and other than Nezumi, which is the little mouse. Oh yeah. So my favorite Nezumi. episode in the series is when the mouse Nezumi. He's like a little blue mouse that walks on all fours and tries to steal cheese and stuff. You know, your your basic your basic mouse. Right. <laughs> um. Him and Bananya, like, Bananya starts chasing him, and then he gives Bananya a cookie, and they mm-hmm. become best friends. Mm-hmm. 
I love it. I'm not going to spoil the rest of the episode as little as there is to spoil. I think the ending is kind of cute. I also like Namaste Bananya. <laughs> so Namaste Bananya and Elizabeth Bananya, I might as well say them. They're the least talkable ones, even less than Calico. But because they're really cute. They're very cute little designs. But they just um, don't have much of a, like... Because they're saw in a grocery store for less than half of one episode, which... And then they're never seen again. Yeah, which, mind you, remembering that these are only two to three minute shorts apiece <laughs> anyways, all I can say is they are very interesting and beautiful colors. In their own way. Yeah. Um, then there is the Bananya Bunch, which is... Pretty much the last ones we can talk about here. They're like here. three twin uh, Bananyas. Yeah, and they're all of the regular Bananya siblings. And mm -hmm. when I'm talking about regular Bananya, it is, his name is literally just Bananya. So he's like a uh, generic He is the generic Bananya. And he is the main character, as it were. <laughs> um, that is one thing that kind of confuses me about this universe is the fact that the main character's name is Bananya. <laughs> like, that's like calling me human. You know, I don't... I get it, like... But I, I don't I mean, cats really probably understand. would call us human. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I don't get it either, like... Like, everyone else got... Even Bananya Co. is a little on the nose, but I mean, at least it's a name. <laughs> but seriously as you can see we didn't get to talk about this series very much there is one odd thing about this though i'm looking at the bananya wikia it mentions an emo bananya have we seen him no i don't remember seeing him i I don't remember seeing him. Now, weirdly, I remember seeing Elder Bananya. I wonder if Emo Bananya was just, like, in the background of season two. Right. That's my guess, because... I was gonna say, because I didn't introduce him in number one. He definitely wasn't. I know Elder Bananya, so... Yeah. I'm not gonna talk too much about the season two characters. Um, Elder and Emo Bananya... Um, Pirate Bananya. Hmm? Wait, there's a Pirate Bananya? Yeah, Munchkin Bananya. I didn't know there was a Pirate Bananya. Yeah. Then oh, Droopy Beard Bananya. Those three or four that I just mentioned, including, um, uh, like, those four are all in season two. Season two, I'm gonna give a little criticism to here right now. And I'm going to tell you something that's a bit of a weakness of season two. It is the pre-story, and I think it's very much still worth the watch. But you got to understand something is it doesn't have as much character development as the first season. And while we're talking about two or three minute shorts, I know that's really a weird <laughs> problem to have. But... I I fell in love with all the characters from season one. You know, like, I... The only problem I really have with season two 
is it's not as good. Like, it's not as well thought out as the first one. Yeah. It feels like it overscoped really badly. My problem is it feels like they rushed. Yeah, they rushed to make the origin story. And they made it too big. Right. Like, they tried to explain the Bananas. Way too much. I think that's where I take issue with the per- with season two and being a prequel as season two. I think it was better when it had the Tom and Jerry style get in, get out type thing. Right. Just show us a character, put him in a wacky scenario, and then identification guide. It was fun. And it was simple. Either way, though, I'll see you guys. In the very next awesome little segment (laughs) of this Clip Show episode, where we will be talking about the Mystery Skulls. So, keep one thing in mind. I would go ahead and go watch the Mystery Skulls first before you go into this conversation we're about to have. We're going to do our best not to spoil a lot, but I feel like it's going to be inevitable anyways, because... To even talk about them at all, we have to go a little into their lore, and we're sorry about that. There's just not a lot that can be done. Um, just like with Bananya, I can't really say much about the plots of everything. <laughs> but first of all, a little background. So the Mystery Skulls is technically a band. And... The animated portions are actually technically unofficial slash official. They're what everyone remembers about the band. And it is a full homage to anime and Scooby-Doo put together. Mm -hmm. Um, First of all, what do you think about... Because we've watched all of them. What do you think about this one? I love it. First of all... I guess there's not really much meat on the bone without going deep into lore, which... My favorite is still Vivi. Oh, yeah, so... She's got, like, my favorite color and everything. Yeah. Her design is amazing. I think all designs in the... I I call it a show because it's only four animations long, plus a couple of animatics. (laughs) But look up Mystery Skulls Animated, find a playlist with everything, and watch it even just pause this episode you're listening of our podcast do that right now um maybe even look up some kind of lore video because this what we're going to do right now is talk about the designs of the characters the colors of the backgrounds you know we're going to talk about practically everything but the plot because (laughs) i'll give as much as i can without spoiling Lewis is um, basically the antagonist slash ghost of the series who died to the hand of Arthur, the orange-haired guy. But he was possessed at the time and did not mean to hurt him. Meanwhile, Shiro, the dog... With the red hair and some mm-hmm. the cute collar, is actually supposed to be some kind of demon question mark thing. It's very, very mm-hmm. unclear to me about him. 
Um, Vivi the girl in blue with the cool orange specs. Kind of loves Louis Beck. It's something, again, you don't want to just assume. assume a lot of things. Because this is a very open-ended, lore-heavy, theory-heavy style show. And that's kind of why I'm uninterested in talking about it in terms of lore. This one is the one we'll have least to say of the three of the clip show today because... Let's go down the line. What do you think of Arthur? First of all, I just love the mechanical hand. <laughs> I love his hair. It kind of reminds me sort of a Yu-Gi-Oh or a Pokemon <laughs> hairstyle, really. <laughs> or maybe a Goku. Goku is about... Or uh, Dick the Dragon. Oh, dude. Because he's got spiky hair. His ain't American Dragon Jake Long. Good <laughs> lord. <sighs> I love that show. <laughs> what a show that was, though. But yeah, it's kind of like that kind of It even kind spiky. of... <laughs> even though not exactly... The hair superficially reminds me of... Uh, what Rad was telling us the other day about, you know, Mega's XLR, the the main Rye. fat guy, he has his hair. <laughs> um, Super kind of reminds me of uh, Shaggy in terms of yeah. body physique. If his uh, clothing was the right color, he'd look just like him. And yeah. his hair. I mean, the pants are right, the physique is right. Just turn that shirt green and... The pants his... brown <laughs> instead of orange. Yeah, I mean, you pretty and much got just it. like him. <laughs> um, onwards to the dog. I love the dog. So, He's so cute. Shiro, I'm gonna be honest. Anytime I see him <laughs> in his non-nima kind of kitsune, kitsune type form, I just kind of see bold. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That's kind of what he reminds me of. It's like Bolt with red hair. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a lot, lot more interesting in design than that. Yeah. Um, He basically like becomes, un like, spoilers are a thing in this episode, if I didn't make it clear by the warning tag. But Shiro eventually becomes a nine-tailed fox during and a fight awesome. in the fourth animation and he's fucking wild he's like looking. kick ass um <laughs> unfortunately he's got the least to say about him yeah because unfortunately he is a pet yeah now lewis lewis is, is the one, one of the best that i subjectively have the most to say about because he is a skull floating above a tuxedo. He has purple fire and pink fire just coming out of everywhere. He's <laughs> got little awesome. ghosts coming around and helping him. Um, he's basically trying to take that guy out because he thinks that he wants his girl. Yeah. <laughs> and he thinks that some Arthur killed him. <laughs> So he's got two reasons to have a vendetta. Yeah. Now, he's got a gold heart 
where his regular heart should be outside of um, uh, his tuxedo vest. Now, technically, spoiler again, that is a locket. Um, it gets cracked at the end of the first music video. And when Yuma touches it, it opens Revealing to a picture? a picture of his own human form when he was still alive, hanging with Vivi, giving her big old hug around the back. <laughs> very sad, very, very lovable moment. Um... This is where I kind of will stop with Lewis because I could talk about him all day. Right. <laughs> um, the reveal of his hair was pretty cool too. I know because <laughs> his head just ignites. He swishes so and it turns him uh, into a, a pompadour, just like when he was alive. But it's made out of fire. Right. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Again, just so much, so much cool. And now Vivi. Vivi. Now Vivi, I think I think Arthur is the most generic of the designs, but that's not really saying much because they're all incredibly designed. But Vivi just picture Velma, right? But with everything blue. Everything from hair all the way down to shoes, shoes, just blue. And you basically got Vivi. That may sound like a bit of a backhanded saying, but like I like it though. I like that they she looks put a lot like enough Velma. of difference between her and Velma to make her, her way own interesting. I was gonna say they put enough of difference between her and Velma to make her own character, but while still kind of holding the Velma look. Yeah, and like the comment that we've seen earlier. Oh, so get this. This actually does. Yeah. So, I'm going to go ahead and plug this guy's comment. This was on the first music video when we were watching this just before, just to kind of get a refresher. Pup Grievance, two months ago on the first um, of the four animation music videos, said, This music video is more faithful to the Scooby-Doo franchise than the entirety of the Velma show. Which I agree with. (laughs) I wish... Look, I'm not going to go into the Velma show. That is a can of worms we, we refuse open. to open for a while. <laughs> we will not open right now. Yeah. Because you don't want me on that soapbox. You don't want me on that soapbox. I'll be talking for hours about how it's <laughs> such a horrible show. Yeah. I I am willing to do a Velma episode. But this is not a Velma episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because trust me, I got some hell to rip on that thing. <laughs> um, I wanted to mention that comment because I think it's ingenious. And it's the truth. Super true. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, first of all, the mystery skulls to get back to the music portion. The I music, love the music. I unironically love all the Mystery Skull songs anyways. Even though I got introduced to the band through these animations, I eventually became a lover of all their music. Mm-hmm. Um, I just sometimes just go to full album listings on YouTube and just hear the whole thing all at once while I'm working. Ooh. So good. 
so I also good. like the visuals. The visuals are on point and beautiful. Yeah. I think this is a little bit of a sad thing about the visuals for me specifically. It's consistently some of the best and most beautiful YouTube animation I've seen in a very long time. But I think the most cool visuals are in the first two animated music videos. The other two are just as good. Don't make, don't make any mistake about it. But some of the coolest come out in those first couple and cement themselves in your brain. Especially whenever um, <laughs> Lewis gets his ghost truck. Right. Like... <laughs> I'm not even gonna talk about that thing. <laughs> I love just, the ghost just truck. Just so it is cool. badass. <laughs> <laughs> now, unfortunately, that's all we have on the mystery skulls for this episode. Mostly because I don't want to do a lore discussion. Right, I don't want to get too much into it. Um, this is a big thing where I just want to encourage people go watch, watch it, watch it, watch it, look up some (laughs) lore explanation video or study them for yourselves. Because let me tell you, this is one of the coolest animated series I have ever seen in my life. And mind you, and one of the saddest. It may take you maybe 20 episodes, twenty minutes to watch all of the finished animations. Entire series right there. And finally, welcome to the final section of this volume one of the clip show. So, today we talk about one of my top ten favorite cartoons <laughs> of all time. What's it doing in a clip show? Unfortunately... It is five music videos, and therefore does not have a lot of length. But my God, it will send you on one of the most emotional roller coasters you'll ever see. We're talking about There She Is. Created by some boxer back in the day, this was a series that was made kind of as a protest, as I found out recently. So... This was made in response to a, to a controversy around Koreans marrying Japanese people back in the day, where it wasn't really an accepted thing back in their cultures. Um, so, enter Doki and Navy, or Dokai and Navy, I don't really know how to say their names, because <laughs> there is no dialogue in this series, it's just music I do think since, uh... I think they would say it like Doki, though. I think it's Doki and Navy, though, is what I think would be the saying. So I'm still going to say it like Navi, because I can't say it. Yeah. So, <laughs> getting it out of the way, the visuals are, are beautiful. stunning. <laughs> they use a lot of black and white for the most part. But they actually use color in a very few objects to make them pop, such as, you know, navy scarf, or, um... The cake. The cake, you know. And I think 
Doki has something, I think she's got a bit of pink on her bow. Oh, and those green things that she was tying in the tree. Oh, yeah, and the little things that she put around the animals and all that. <laughs> so. Ribbons. Unlike with Mystery Skulls, I'm going to go a little more into the lore of this because I feel like this is something I'm a lot more comfortable with talking about. It's a little more straightforward. So, Doki, the rabbit, sees Navy the cat, and instantly, instantly falls, in love. falls in love with him. The first entire cartoon is set to some energetic music and is her just going after him to try to get him to date her. <laughs> and I love the entire song is very <laughs> frantic. The animation keeps up with it really well. And the energy is perfect all the way through. And <laughs> what did you think about step one? <laughs> because that is how they number these is instead of episode, they say step. It was cute. I think my favorite visual <laughs> was when he, like, literally just tries to run. <laughs> and then she, like, gets all those fantasies in her head, like, you know, <laughs> night on the white horse, <laughs> ballroom dancing, and a couple <laughs> others like that. I think that was funny. My favorite ain't even in the first step. Um, it's in the last step when he goes to the airport to be back with her. That is my favorite moment is when they hug. But like <laughs> step two is known as the cake dance. Now, it is um, uh, Doki the Rabbit's birthday. And she's waiting on Navy to bring her a birthday cake. <laughs> this is a much more slapstick heavy episode. There's a lot of action. Um, he almost gets beat up by three bullies. Which become pretty important later. Um, and he's got some moves, man. Like, when he was avoiding the bullies, he... <laughs> he Jumped on top going, of the wall man. and started running. <laughs> he dodged them pretty cool way, and then... <laughs> yeah, it was, it was insane. And so... Unfortunately, step two is also where the plot really gets a little sadder. Once he brings her the cake, they get kicked out of the restaurant where they're having her birthday because um, uh, she like was cuddling up to him. And it shows a no rabbit and love and cat heart poster with a line through it with a line through it's basically like an anti-love between those two species between those two species type sign um and unfortunately that leads in to number three number three and number four are basically a little bit of the same thing but number three starts as isn't that the sad one where... Um, it is the one where they have their first date. Oh, okay. And she... He tries to not show too much affection in public, so that way he can be with her still. And people cannot look at him and be mean to him. But she gets offended 
whenever he won't let her wrap her arm around his. And it kind of ruins the date for her. And it's pretty sad until he asks for a second date. There's not as much to say about step three, though. Oh, I know what that one is, because it's also the one where they go to the movie theater and he tries to grab her hand, but... She she pulls away because she's upset. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's pretty much all there is to say about step three. Because step four and five are where things get heavy. Yeah. So, in step four... People are starting to resent these characters. And... Like, hate yeah. them. We're talking people are kicking them out of stores. Throwing rocks through their window. They're, there's this old man just shaking a cane at the cat and, and scolding him. and it's, it's a pretty... It gets hard to watch in episode four. It eventually gets to the point where... Um, one of the rabbits, some um, animal friends, which is a porcupine, gets injured. And the rabbit goes to the hospital for a broken ear. Um, the whole thing just, it gets hard. Eventually, supposedly to protect her, maybe the cat finally breaks it off with her, trying to protect her. Um... And as she's trying to heal the porcupine when she gets home, she pulls out two tickets on a plane that could have taken them to paradise and away from all the intolerance of what they're doing. Unfortunately, this leads to step five. Oh, man. Easily one of the most joyous and horrifying ones at the same time. Um, And one of my favorite ones. This is my definitive favorite in what cemented this series as one of my favorite animated series of all time. It's a very bold claim, by the way, I realize, including it in in like the top ten of all cartoons. But it is one I mean, of my. I mean, it favorites. does touch a very touchy subject, though, too. It's unafraid. And it does it in a really, really, really amazing way. Yeah. Which, from what I understand, just from what we read, it seems like that's a thing that they can do now. Like what it's supposed to be reflecting on in the real world is like, okay, now. right? So, like, Koreans like marrying Japanese people happened a long time ago. Yeah. I will remind you guys, though, um, I take no stance on that old issue. This is purely about the cartoon, but it's something kind of worth knowing that this cartoon was was made in response to that, because it kind of contextualizes a few of the visuals that I never got context to. Um... I do love the little cartoon though. It's kind of cute. It is a adorable kinda, cartoon. It is. Um, somewhere there is a fan art I did of Doki and Maybe together that is mm-hmm. really cute, and I tried to do it in the some boxes style. <laughs> um, if I can remember on YouTube version, I will um edit that in 
over this spot right here. That way you guys can see it if you want. Um, but, of course, this is also a podcast, so... <laughs> If you're listening to this on the podcast, that means nothing to you. <laughs> In step five, it opens on Navy the cat getting a text from Doki saying goodbye. goodbye. Um, so he goes by where they met, where he finds an old lady dropping off a little duckling. And so the duckling kind of escapes the little box that it was in and nearly gets ran over. And then he saves it. Then he saves it and releases it near a tree that she had just passed, saying goodbye to her porcupine friend. When he looks up and sees the ribbon that was tied around the porcupine's neck. I think he runs to her house. Then he runs. He starts running. This is when the music starts. And Imagine is my favorite of the series. It is a beautiful song. Yeah, he runs to her house and she's not there. And, and none of her so stuff is there. We're talking, he has to go through hellacious heights at this point. He is desperately trying to call her, get a hold of her any way she can. But she had thrown her phone off the building in episode four. I kind of skipped that detail, but... Now it seems like I probably shouldn't have. Then I think the bullies that we talked about earlier come in handy in this episode. Yeah. He eventually realizes he's going to have to run to the airport. But along the way, the bullies on motorcycle grab him. And there is a massive, like, speed up towards the, the airport. Um... There's a couple things I'm going to skip there because right. they're, they're key moments that really show how the bullies really do like him now and want to help him. Um, he gets to the, to the airport in time thanks to his parents um, because he <laughs> got in their car eventually. And then he eventually ends up getting to hug her. Yep. This massive, it's like a fight. Behind her, there's a holographic image of the anti-love symbol and an uncrossed one that is blue and has them hugging, hugging into the heart is there. And so it goes back and forth between those two until Navy eventually hugs her and it busts the whole hologram into pieces. They kind of get stuff thrown at him. They're still in. Everyone's still mad at them. But at this point, he doesn't care. They <laughs> ride out on them, her luggage back out of the airport and go back to where they met and clean some graffiti off the machines that were <laughs> near there. And that is the end of the series. I loved it. It You're, told a really sweet story. You're never going to find a more complete package than this, but you're going to notice with <laughs> this exact episode of the podcast, these last two episodes, these two series, Mystery Skulls, and there she is, I have intentionally left a lot out. The this one, is intentional. The one thing I like about the series, though, is the fact that it or basically like shows how you're... You, if you love someone, 
don't care about what other people think. Yeah, you really just stick to it. Stick to your belief and you do what you think is right. And this is kind of that number one voice in your head. You know, like this is the full embodiment of that virtue. Um, I have left most of this vague, especially in There She Is, because I want you guys to go see these two. You guys should watch it, though, because it's a recommended. While Bananya is an awesome cartoon, um, and I definitely recommend if you've got Crunchyroll, go check it out. All right, before we end this, this is future John speaking. There she is, another step. Um, I was actually just now about to kind of, you know, shut down some stuff. Like, went to Sandbox's YouTube. There is a new one that is coming out at some point. And it's called Another Step. So, we might even do some kind of sequel bonus thing to kind of wrap up the whole series eventually we might go back over this series again but um there she is for now we've kind of got all we can but we'll see you again if this gets updated but let me tell you this one is really recommended <laughs> this in mystery skulls is free on youtube you're gonna find them all the time just type in there she is step one go find the official one and just watch all five they're all remastered on some boxes youtube um link to that and like a mystery skulls playlist will be near the podcast notes where you will find you know all the episode information i'll put links to all that down below seriously go check these out this has been a fun episode um this has actually been taking us a while because we had no time to do this so i hope you enjoy this episode and look forward to another clip show sometime <laughs> probably not soon because this was very difficult. <laughs> and very long. <laughs> yeah. But either way, thank you for tuning in to the Self Center Podcast. I've been John. That's been an emerald, the nerdy, and the beautiful. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> Catch you next time.